What about, we're also all united because we have the, the messiness, the strife, the struggle, you know, the humanity. And in many ways, that is how we overcome it or how we deal with it is what defines our character, I think. Hi, I'm Ellie Noss, and you're listening to Atomic Moms Podcast, a weekly parenting podcast where we celebrate and commiserate with best-selling authors, parenting experts, and mamas all over the world. Sometimes it feels so silly to announce what you're listening to. Because I'm like, Atomic Moms listeners know that they're listening to Atomic Moms. And then I remember that there are these little sticky fingers that end up on our phones all the time. And uh, they press random stuff. Uh, so some of you might be surprised to be hearing from Atomic Moms, but we're glad you're listening. Actually, last week on our Facebook Atomic Moms page, a mother in Troy, Idaho, posted a message. Uh, she wrote, My almost four-year-old loves apps on my phone, but for the last two days in a row, she started playing Atomic Moms podcasts all by herself. Today in the car, she demanded I turn off NPR so we could listen to Atomic Moms, and then found the app to turn it on. Now, this is already amazing and hilarious, but Sophie also has Williams Syndrome, which means she has visual-spatial coordination limitations. I had to smile that although she may never write her name or tie her shoes, she can navigate through my phone intentionally to find your podcast so we can learn about being a family together. Okay, well, Sophie's my new best friend. Sophie, if you are listening in the back of your mama's car in Troy, Idaho, hi, I'm Ellie. <laughs> I'm Sabrina's mommy, and I'm giving you a great big hug from California. So after reading this message, huh, um, I looked up William's syndrome and uh it's i love finding little connections that probably have no meaning but <laughs> for some reason like the ocd part of me or uh look i love how negative i am i'm like the ocd part of me when really it's probably the more spiritual side of me i like to find little connections um sophie and her mama live in troy idaho and in Troy, Michigan, there's what looks to be a great organization, and it's called the Williams Syndrome Association, and it's got a ton of resources. So I'll be sharing that website on our uh, Atomic Moms show notes on AtomicMoms.com. Okay. Episode 91. Y'all know I love a woman with a passionate and strong second act. And our guest today, Tracy Barone, she was a successful film producer, which, by the way, not many women in film and definitely not producing. Um, and she's a trailblazer, okay? I'm just going to say that because she worked on movies such as Wild Wild West and this tiny little film no one's ever heard of, Men in Black. She married TV actor Paul Michael Glazer from Starsky and Hutch, and she became – this is what's surprising, right? Like you're like, okay, great. Big film producer. She marries this TV star. Like everything's perfect. Uh, no, not the case. Uh, she, uh, when she married Paul Michael Glazer, she became the mother figure in one of the most um, unusual and delicate family situations I've ever heard of. 
So now, present day, Tracy's daughter's off at college. She's no longer married. She's living in Hawaii with her boyfriend. And she has uh, her first novel, Happy Family, was published this summer by Lee Boudreau Books, an imprint of Little Brown and Company. And I don't think I've ever talked about fiction before on Atomic Moms, but I'm all about making exceptions, especially when it means I get to talk to uh, a super badass woman uh, who follows her passions. So I'm going to just go ahead and read the publisher's description. (laughs) Written with a deep emotional intelligence and a biting wit, Happy Family weaves together the stories of the beautifully damaged people who have shaped Sherry's life, often in ways she has yet to discover. Asking if we can ever really know our parents outside their roles as our parents Barone brilliantly explores the often vast divide between our beliefs about our families and the truth. You know what? I'm a sucker for beautifully damaged people, and I'm even more of a sucker for women who are able to share their experiences, the victories, the painful bits, the mistakes, the growing pains. Um, Another phrase in the publisher's description is that it's an odyssey of acceptance. I mean, oh, man. I really wish I could pull a Melania Trump and just like rip off that phrase, man, to steal that phrase. Like, wouldn't it be great? Atomic Moms, an odyssey of self-acceptance. So good. We'll be right back with our special guest, Tracy Barone. I just have to admit that I'm a little despondent uh, right now because I just finished your novel and um, I have to come to terms with the fact that I don't get to live with these dysfunctional characters anymore. I'm kind of having some serious separation anxiety. Withdrawals, I know. Total withdrawals. That's a great compliment. Thank you. So I'm so (laughs) thank you for uh, feeding my need to be with these people a little longer. Um, So I was wondering if you could share with our listeners a little bit about Happy Family and who it follows, because this novel has such a huge scope and it covers so many years and so many characters. So I feel like I should uh, hand this task over to you. All right, I'll give it. I'll, I'll, I'll give it. I give it a good shot to try to be <laughs> to try to give the to try to give the uh, the overview here, the three sixty degree of uh, all of these lives that kind of come together. And it's a novel in in four parts, and it it really you know the first part is um, a very dramatic birth. A uh, pregnant mother walks into a downtown clinic um, and uh, shoots up, gives birth, and flees. And um, the story really. The entire story of the book is really about that baby and different times of her life and um, her various families, her family of origin, her family of um, the, the, the couple who adopts her. And ultimately, when we meet her later in the book, as she's 40 and trying to have her own child, but is completely unaware of the events that happen in the first part of the book, where she is sort of passed off. Um, as a as a baby, um, until and bounced around until she finds um, home with a very well-meaning couple who are, whose lives are unspooling because they've recently lost their own child, and um, their this the story of how her parents came together and how they lost this baby is something that very much shapes and informs um, Cherie, who's the name of the main character, yet she doesn't know anything about the events that you, the reader, read in the first part of the book. That makes any sense. Absolutely. And 
So she's wrestling with a lot of secrets and a lot of demons, and ultimately the book finds um, this sort of bumpy and rocky road towards, uh, I call it like an odyssey of acceptance, and how she ultimately has to come to terms with her own identity and um, ultimately find forgiveness for her parents. What I find also so fascinating is when I'm reading it, I start looking at my own life in a different way. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you're kind of encouraging us as readers also to look into our own uh, patterns and history and raise our own consciousness as to why we do what we do. And also to have some compassion for the bits about us that don't totally make sense, because we don't have all the answers. Because we only know part of the story. We know what's been told to us by our parents or we know what our perspective is when actually there's so much that we will never, ever uncover. I uh, recently spent some time with family in northern Michigan and I was speaking to my uncle and the I heard that my great-grandmother had actually been sent away when she was young to live with her uncle and aunt. Mm. And so there were these mm. feelings of abandonment. And then you start to realize, mm. oh, this is so interesting that my this happened to my great-grandmother. And like how that loaded word has sort of trickled down generation to generation when I never knew yeah, that before. Do you know why she was sent away? Did you ever find out why? No, that's the next thing to uncover. Mm. Um, mm. But I all I all did I was told is it wasn't know, good. Or did, did any... Did, uh, and Oh, so this is a family secret. I think so. This so this was something that was... Yeah, so this is something that was like uh, something that might have been even... You know, I mean, obviously when painful things happen in a family um, or, you know whatever the circumstances were, like taking, you know, your example here, it's, it's, they often there's a lot of shame around it, or they don't want to tell the truth. The parents don't want to tell the truth for fear of looking fallible, which we all are. Right. I don't know if it was, they couldn't afford, I I don't, I don't want to speculate right now on the podcast because it feels unfair to my ancestors without knowing, but it, it just brings up these themes in your book of like, you know, there sometimes we have these behavioral patterns and we don't even know why. And it's like, you got to go back generations. Um, I also wrote in my notes, you know, it's not so simple. And I really love that about this novel. It's mm. like this beautiful mm-hmm. exploration of why our parents are the way they are. Um, we mm. have such a self-centered view of our parents' behavior. Well, because we're the center, as a child, we're the center of the universe, right? We're like, and we really are, because it's like, you know, our needs are met as as children, and our parents are these sort of luminary, almost mythic figures that, you know, are there in many ways just to serve us. And we can't really think of them as, well, wait, they had a life before us, you know? Isn't that just these people, you know? It's this crazy trip, and we had dinner many months ago, and I remember talking to you about how, like, how wild it Mm -hmm. is when you realize that your parents had their own lives before, or you realize, oh my gosh, your your parent was married before or had this other life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, do you mind sharing with our listeners uh, about a little secret you found out from your mother about when she was oh, in college? Yeah. I mean, I found out when my mom was in college, I um, she was recruited for the CIA. And um, I thought, oh, this is so weird. Like, really? You're an artist? You're like, she's like, no, because apparently she was very good with linguistic puzzles. And she studied, um, you know, she had, she was an English professor for a while, but she, I guess she tested off the charts in something that would make her good at 
coding and decoding. And she was, you know, recruited and I guess, you know, was really considering doing this. And uh, she she ended up not doing it. Or so, maybe she yeah, did. Yeah. So I don't you know, think. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe there's more to be revealed. Yeah, that'll be um, your next TV show um, <laughs> or film. But, but there's, you know, and, and even... You know, there's some dramatic ones or there's some some not dramatic, uh, you know, or some just funny things that, that you find out about, you know, or just even people like I know my mom said she dated this one guy. I won't mention his name because he's, he's well known, but you just say, oh, wait, you were like, yeah, you don't think of your parents as he's full blooded. Certainly don't think of him as sexual. Yeah, you don't think of your mom is like super hot. <laughs> my mom, you know, like my mom's like hooking up or something. You know, you just you just don't think like that. You know, and I it's uh, and then you think now because you're a, you're a mom and I'm I'm a mom and you just think, wow, my daughter's probably thinking the same thing. I know, but like, we're still super thinking, hot. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's uh, that'll be interesting. It's 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 interesting as as as. The kids get older, and our generation, of course, is a little bit different. I think I'd like to think we're more open, but um, I'm certainly am more than my parents' generation was. Yeah, maybe there'll be less secrets uh, over, you know, as we follow generation after generation, because we do seem to be much more open about it all. One moment that really struck me in the novel is when uh, a therapist talks about the Buddhist concept of children choosing their parents before birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit about that idea um, and if if that's also your belief. Well, you know, I've, I studied, I actually studied comparative religion and I've, I've been very interested in the different tracks um, of thought around just, you know, there, there is this whole idea of nature versus nurture soul versus personality. And that, you know, um, obviously in the Buddhist and and some of the Asian cultures, um, the whole idea of reincarnation and that we are, I mean, certainly we, um, physiologically, it's like, yes, you, your, your body dies, but I do believe that the soul lives on. There is this continuation, an energy, a continuation of energy. If you, if you want to even look at it like that. And I think that, um, the idea that we are all kind of choosing experience and that we have, um, you know, we, we do on whatever level, choose our parents, choose the experience that we want to have for good or for bad. And then of course it is what you make of it. So, um, I think that's something that I would like to believe, you know, I think it's a very, um, appealing notion. I think certainly there's a lot of literature and, um, ideas in religious and other tracks and philosophical tracks that that we are a continuum. We're all a continuum. So then let me follow up with, you know, your daughter is in college, Zoe, and so why do you mm-hmm. think she might have chosen you? That's such a great question. You know, that's such a great question. I think and I certainly, I mean, I could talk if you want a little bit about my family, the, you know, Zoe's father and like a very complicated family history she has. So she would have chosen both of us, um, mm-hmm. not just me. And I think, I think that to whatever degree we go in choosing parents or choosing an experience that will force us in certain ways to grow, right? Because I think we're all here to grow and expand and, you know, uh, whether it's 
consciously or unconsciously, because sometimes life just kicks you in the ass, right? And it's just like, okay, <laughs> you, you may or may not have asked for this, but this is what you're getting. And I think that um, probably she would have chosen me because um, I'm somebody who definitely doesn't shy away from making big leaps and, you know, taking chances, whether it's on people, places, things, careers. I mean, I left a Hollywood career and said, oh, I'm going to write a novel. What? You know, so I guess, I guess that would be something that she would have, you know, either, either that's something she goes, oh, my crazy mom, or she goes, oh, my, my crazy mom. You, know? <laughs> um, what, so. you just alluded to um, Zoe's father, and you were married to him from 96 to 2007, Paul Michael mm-hmm. Glazer, and some of our listeners mm-hmm. might know him from Starsky and Hutch. So his, mm-hmm. um, his first wife, Elizabeth, and daughter, Ariel, died of AIDS from a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you've written a beautiful essay uh, about oh, thank you. your blended family that I'll be sharing all over social media. Um, but I also no, I also noticed that in your novel, you know, your main character realizes that there was a child before her who had passed away. Mm-hmm. And so, yep. and, and how much that impacted the way she was parented. So how did mm-hmm. you protect her from the comparisons and also, um, you know, it's so tragic that sort of the shadow child... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what I wrote about in the essay. I mean, I think it was a very complicated situation for everybody. And, you know, hindsight and perspective is, is a beautiful thing because, you know, you can look back and see things that, of course, you know, you didn't see then. Um, and I realize now that, you know, Paul and his son, Jake, who's HIV positive and, um, is asymptomatic asymptomatic now because he inherited a genetic defect from Paul wow. that made the virus unable to attach. So he's a long-term survivor and he's, um, you know, but at the time, and certainly at the time, I actually adopted Jake because um, I wanted him to be on a kind of an equal footing with Zoe. And I really wanted us to sort of heal, you know, like so many women, I thought, oh, I can heal and fix. And, mm. and, um, and, and obviously you can't really. You know, um, I think Paul and Jake had not begun to grieve when I was when I entered the picture. And while we all wanted to sort of leap forward into the future and and create new life, it's like, how do you balance it? You obviously have to acknowledge what came before. um, But there's there's these great shadows that come with it. And there's a lot of, you know, so many complicated feelings for everybody around it, Um, including my daughter, who kind of both wanted to be part of that other family. Um, you know, the, the family that was kind of in the pediatric AIDS, um, events and kind of in, in the news. And I, and I'm going to say, I don't think we did a great job. You know, I did, uh, she says she doesn't remember that we ever sat her down to really explain what happened to Ari and Elizabeth. She knew that Ari and Elizabeth had died. Um, but it was very hard for a young girl. How do you explain, you know, your, your brother is, is HIV positive? You know, this is what these, 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 you know, family members died from. It was very complicated. And so, you know, I know I wanted to protect her. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually when, when we did tell her, when I told her the, the full story, her life changed, you know, I mean, she, she, she says herself that it was not that ignorance in many ways was bliss. Mm. So, 
you know, those that definitely informed the writing of my book. I mean, it's obviously not my the story in my in my novel is completely fictional, but like as you point out, the parallels with how do you deal with the shadows of family members who have passed passed away? Um, how do you deal with the shadow of the family that you'd hope to create that you're for whatever reason not able to create because you're blending or you're you can't really fully merge. You know, we all want this idea of unity in this big happy family. But who has that? You know, where 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 is that? And and you know, maybe our ideals are um what keep us from accepting sometimes what the reality is. Um and how do you live within that reality? So I don't know, those were all really things that I I lived with but also things that I fascinate me to explore fictionally. What I appreciate so much is I feel like your novel is just this, it's this huge, it's shining light on the gray area. Like it, everything mm. is a gray zone. And I really mm. like that you have the courage to say, no, like nothing's perfect. Nothing's, nobody's happy all the time. There are moments in a relationship that are so good. Mm-hmm. There are certain mm-hmm. golden years. And then there are mm-hmm. years where everybody's tripping up and, mm-hmm. and, and messing up. Um, And yet we all really do want to connect. And it's just like figuring out how to do it and when. I mean, it's just, it it speaks to the messiness of humanity. Yeah. And it's, 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 I think that we get so isolated or we can get so isolated thinking, God, we're the only ones. Am I the only one that's just messed up? Am I the only one that is struggling with these issues? You know, because because oftentimes, and look, with Facebook and everything, nobody's posting mess on Facebook. They're posting, look at me, I'm in this beautiful, you know, I'm in this beautiful environment. Look at me, I'm going on this great vacation. Look at all my accomplishments. And, you know, you can, you know, I think I was reading a study or something about people who, you know, it's like can be very depressing because they're like, well, my life isn't like that. And you realize, you know, people broadcast the happy moments, you know, but what about, we're also all united because we have the, the messiness, the strife, the struggle, you know, the humanity. And um, in many ways, that is how we overcome it or how we deal with it um, is what defines our character, I think. Earlier in our conversation, you mentioned, you know, shifting careers. And there's Mm -hmm. a great quote I pulled from the Chicago Tribune interview you did. So I'll Mm -hmm. read it now for our listeners. It's Mm -hmm. uh, anytime you're successful at something and step away from it to raise a family, it's almost like you're on the disabled list, like you're retired. (laughs) So I'm wondering if you could talk to us for a moment about what it was like quitting Hollywood, you know, to focus on raising your daughter. Well, just like what I said, it's, 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 it's people. And I certainly, you know, had a, had a high profile job and I was running this mini studio back in the days when there were such things. And, 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 you know, nobody would have expected me to say, you know, I want to really focus on raising my child or I want to focus on, you know, and writing and finding my own voice again. It was sort of unheard of. Like, why, 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 you know, and, and the idea that also somewhat that you can do it all, you know, I was sort of raised with of this generation of women that it's like, you can take home the bacon and fry it up in a pan, you know, but yep. you, I don't know that you can do it all well, or I, I didn't feel like I could, you know, 
be super supervising, producing movies, running a site, doing all of that, and being the kind of quality mom um, that I wanted to 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 be, um, as well as you know being able to go back to writing and go back to being quieter, having a quieter, more introspective um, life. So, you know, I think we all, you know, women, it's like we try to be all of those things often. And I'm not saying that you can't or that other people couldn't. But for me, um, I needed to, I needed to step away. Plus, I had, you know, Jake, who I was raised, who was, you know, having a, a rough go of things as a teenager. So I had a lot on my plate within the family. And um, I, I think you just, when you do that type sort of thing, you have to be prepared to whatever degree I lost some identity. You know, my identity was wrapped up, a lot of it was wrapped up in being out in the world and getting attention and approval and the excitement of it and having, you know, a career that I worked really hard for. And then you realize, well, your identity isn't really your job, right? Like identity is made up a lot of other things. But that's so, hard in this culture. Man, it, it's you know, very, very hard. I've mentioned yeah. this on the podcast before, but one of my big lessons has been that because, and thank God I set out to be an actress in LA because there's no right. better way to learn that hard lesson than to try to be an actress <laughs> because oh, people and, are telling you no. So I was just second. a producer, you were an actress. Right. So, yeah, but at least you were getting to do actress, something. Yeah. But it's this constant yeah, being I, told, no, you can't do this thing. And you're like, well, if I'm not this thing or if, if this purpose isn't you know, who I am, if my purpose is to be an actor and I'm not getting to be an actor, then who am I and what am I worth? Right. Yeah. And what are you worth? I mean, I think that's a very important part is that we're taught that our worth is based on our paycheck or our, you know, the initials that come after our name, you know, people, MD or MD, Mm -hmm. this or that. And it, it really being like, Oh wait, I'm actually going to focus on being a mom and, um, a writer? Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then what I also love about <laughs> what? Um, what I also love about your story is this idea that, you know, you got your MFA in dramatic writing at NYU. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you're, the idea that you're circling back, that this has been in yeah. your soul your whole life, and now you're getting yeah. to fully explore it. How did you – I read that it took you 10 years to write this is that true? Yes. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed to admit it, but yes, it right. did. It took me. It took me a decade. You got to tell so, everybody that, Tracy. I'm t- <laughs> Tracy. I don't know you very well, but I am demanding. I am demanding yes. okay, that you demand. tell. You have yeah. to tell everyone that it took you a decade yeah. because yeah. we live in this yeah. culture where we think that if it doesn't happen in a month, that it's not worth it. Again, going back to worth, but like the yeah. idea that it could take you a decade and you stick with it and to have that stick with itness and the belief. And I can only imagine the questions from other people, like when is it going to be done or what's happening? Oh, with then that they start, thing. then they just start disbelieving you. They're right? just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What about this book? This, this, this mythic book, you know, right? like, like the Holy Grail. And, and, and I, and I was doing other things. I mean, I was consulting, I was, I still had some film projects, so I still had my, my other stuff and I kept, you know, part of the struggle for me was within myself, you know, is, was that it was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go back here and I'm going to do this because I know how to do that. And I'm, I'm like proven in that, you know, and, and that, that sort of way. And, but I kept being drawn back. I kept saying, no, you've got to, this is what you've got to do. This is what you've got to do. And, um, and, and it takes 
a long time. I mean, you know, writing a novel and like, and I'd written screenplays and I had written plays and I had had a career as a playwright before and, and a screenwriter. And, you know, those forms are completely different, you know, and you can write a screenplay, though you may develop it for 10 years. That's a whole other story. Um, but you can write that a lot, a lot faster. It's 125 pages versus, you know, 400 or, or whatever it is. And, um, the novel is a form, it's, it's just, you know, it's a, this long process where, you know, it's somewhat a process of discovery and somewhat a process of, um, you know, just abandoning, you know, writing huge swaths of things and going, okay, no, this isn't, I like this, but this isn't, this isn't germane. Did you ever find that when you were looking back at what you were working on, that suddenly it didn't feel right, but that's only because you had looked at it so many times? Like, I find in my own work that I get so sick of it, and then I don't even know yeah. if it's good anymore. How did you handle that you over a decade? Vision, right? Yeah. Yeah, you get tunnel vision. I mean, I was really fortunate that I had great readers, and, and part of being a producer and having worked and supported so many writers in, in my life, doing, you know, I call it like being on the other side of the desk, I was lucky that I had some go-to people who were so generous with their time and would take a look at it and would say, and my mom actually was, um, is a professional editor. And so my mom for many early drafts was, you know, no, no, yes. Yeah. So I, I was, I was lucky. I was really lucky to to have that. And some of it was, I'm, I'm very self-critical too. So, you know, I, I would write and I would rewrite and I would, I mean, all writing, I think is rewriting. So that that process was was uh, was arduous. Yeah, you probably wrote ten novels it. in your rewriting. Yeah, I mean that's what I, yeah, I mean. My I problem is I don't know, know when to stop rewriting. I also know when to not. You know, I feel like there's certain days when I should not. Uh, you know, like if it's my time of the month, like maybe don't read over that because yeah. I might delete it even yeah. though it's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I say. I mean, my trick, a trick I did because it freaked me out to see all of the pages. I couldn't open it to the full draft. So I put every chapter or everything in its own little folder. So I would just open that because then I would finish it and I would click out of it because if I saw the whole, I just keep going back. That's so great. That reminds and, me of that Anne Lamott quote, uh, bird by bird, just go bird by yes, bird, like step by step. Just go bird by bird. Because if you, when you see the whole thing, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, it can be overwhelming. Well, I'm so glad you stuck with it. Oh, thank you. I'm, I am too. I mean, it's, 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 you've got to be, I think to be a writer, you've got to, and especially to do a long form, you just have to have stamina. You just have to realize that you're, you're, you're in this. And I mean, my next one, I'm sure my publisher would kill me if it took me 10 years. So it's not going right. to take me 10 years. Right, right, for the right. next one. And, 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 but, um, but surely, and I, and actually I've shared when I've shared how long it took me, other novelists have said, um, and certainly for first novels, it, it took them that long. So I guess I'm not alone. But no, it, especially it, when it, you don't have someone who's saying, I need to see this right now. Like, that's the hardest that's part. That's writing like, on spec, right? Yeah. So you yeah. never share it because, like, no one's asking you to share it. <laughs> so right. it's sort of all on you, uh, which is so in, it's crazy. It's total crazy pants. And that's a but beautiful thing when it is still yours. That's true. You know, I mean, there's there's beauty in every process. It's kind of, of like it. when you're a and mother and it's before everyone comes over to meet the baby and it's that that little quiet period right. where it's just this right. little cocoon of you and hopefully your partner and your little one. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 great. And then then ultimately, 
you put the baby out in the world. And I know. You just, and then go, oh, I hope people get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, everyone, then there's the critics who tell your kid that they're not going yeah. <laughs> to um, that's right. That's right. Well, thank that's you right. so much. You raised this kid. Yeah, exactly. Then suddenly, yeah. Mm. Well, she's not how I thought she would turn out. <laughs> yeah. Or how about, I didn't really want to read about that part of, of, of her. I wanted to see the other part of that kid. Yeah, exactly. Like, what if that kid went to this school? Yeah. Exactly. Why isn't she going to Yale? Um, yeah. Uh, really, I think she was smart enough. Although yeah. your character did go to Yale. Um, anyway. Yeah. Didn't she? She does. <laughs> yes, she did. She yeah. went. She went. She went to you. Yeah. Um, well, thank you yeah. so much, Tracy. I can't wait to share all of your information on our uh, website and on social media. Everybody, you must go pick up Happy Family. I listened to it on Audible, and I loved every minute of it. And the best thing about Audible is like you can do other. Th- you can listen. It like becomes your story became a part of like the fabric of my life. Because I'm able to listen. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah, like nice. I was listening while going on walks or while like making dinner. And so that's just such a mm. fun way to like uh, consume a great story. So thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on. And I hope I get to see you again soon. Yay, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Okay, listeners, until next week, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, rock on, Atomic Moms. Mm-hmm.